me tell you about my best friend. He's a warm-hearted person who loved me till the end of people. Let me tell you about my best friend. He's a one-boy cuddly toy. My up, my down, my pride and joy. People, let me tell you about him. He's so much fun. Whether we're talking man to man or whether we're talking son to son. Cause he's my best friend. Yeah, he's my best to another episode of the Football Goonies Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Seppley, the Football Goonie himself, bringing you in for a big special treat. Uh, We're doing a little bit early on the Week 5 review, as there is a game being played tonight as we speak, I believe. Uh, But the big news is, uh, for the first time ever, we're going to have a live guest on the show. And hopefully this goes well, because I haven't actually started recording with them. Uh, And if it does, we can hopefully start doing this more often and get you guys rotated in here and kind of make this a little more interactive of a show. And for all the naysayers that make you actually care about it a little more for once. So, uh, today we are going to get into the Week 5 review, as I was trying to, or as I was saying earlier, even though we have some games going on right now. I don't think anyone's going to lose. There might be one Keeper League game that is potentially in question, too, depending if Derrick Henry somehow goes mega off from what he already is. Um, And then the other change-up is we are going to start with the Dynasty League as the uh, special guest is going to be joining in on the Keeper League's discussion. So, without any further ado, let's get over to the newly minted Prestige Dynasty Worldwide. Well, another week is almost in the books, and of course another week has ravaged some fantasy teams, me most of all, as always in the Dynasty League, yet I'm still doing my best to persevere. As of right now, it looks like I will get the Aniston point, I believe. So, kudos to me. Um, so, let's start off. The first matchup's going to be Look What You Made Me Draft versus Jones and some TDs. Now, this was the most surprising blowout of the week. Uh, maybe not that surprising, honestly. Jones and TDs is uh, rocking a bunch of COVID players and uh, obviously a couple of bye week guys with people like Devontae Adams. Uh, and then uh, people like Chris Godwin out. So anyways, we got to the quarterbacks was Russell Wilson and Jared Goff versus Tom Brady and Carson Wentz. No question here. Brady with a little bit more difficult to match up with Chicago between the defense and the fact that they probably wouldn't need to score that much. And then the hot dumpster fire that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, offense, obviously, Russell Wilson and Goff uh, handily. Uh, destroyed the scores by a overall margin of almost 20 points. Uh, at the running back position, 
Um, Kenny Drake and Derrick Henry currently at halftime with 8.4. We're no match for Dalvin Cook and Jonathan Taylor, although Dalvin Cook is now questionable with a groin injury, so that is pretty huge. Uh, That might prove to be a little hurtful, but I believe he has Alexander Madison uh, from that mega trade he did with Clay, so I don't think it really kills him that much. Um, Big game from, or a decent game from Jonathan Taylor. So, no surprise there. Uh, At the receiver uh, position, Cole Beasley's doing crap. Harry McLaren sucked. So, of course, DeAndre Hopkins and Evans uh, destroyed. So, basically, you're seeing a trend here. It's pretty much at every position, with the exception of tight end. Um, Mr. Greenwood was just completely overmatched by our now tenant soon to be uh, almost guaranteed 10 and 0 only undefeated team look what you made me draft uh, final score was 155.74 to 79.54 it's got to be the biggest margin of the week i believe i haven't looked quite yet uh i mean this dude is just humming right now he's got two of the best receivers in the game right now between ridley and hopkins uh, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, they both combined for a super strong running back one. And then Taylor's doing a good job being a high-end running back two. Um, and then with the now clear-cut number one quarterback as Dak, as we'll get to later, is out. Uh, this team is just stacked. The only, the only knock I could see on it is if he loses any kind of receiver help he's kind of strapped there so he'll have to hope on the flex of a guy like chase Edmonds consistently uh right now he's in the hot seat though uh having kittle too even though he had a poor game now and has been injured i mean the sky is the limit for this team and uh jones are for some tds uh condolences my friend next up we have Team Axel Tricard versus El Oso Fuego. Uh, this was a battle of the barn burners, although because of Axel's poor decisions that we've all constantly told him about, uh, Tyler's team's actually looking decently strong. Uh, between the injury to Chubb, making Kareem Hunt an even better option than he was before, uh, Tyler Boyd being the true number one on the Bengals outside of anyone's belief that he could be. And... Sorry, uh, I got distracted there for a second. His supporting cast is kind of... Eh, but I mean, Justin Herbert's been a revelation. Anyways, let's get into it. Uh, the perennial 101 pick who may not be getting such a good pick this year. Uh, He's sure trying to do his best, though, with all the terrible trades he's making. Uh, Axel just got dominated here. Uh, Looks like he's going to end up barely above 70 points. Uh, Clearly the worst team on the week. Uh, Kyler Murray Murray did everything he could to help, but man, Joe Burrow was awful. Jarek McKinnon was awful. He's playing guys like Jalen Rashard. Michael Gallup was, I believe, his second highest scorer. I mean, what more do you need to say? Brandon Ayuk, terrible. Miller, terrible. Johnny, terrible. I'm looking down, and other than Kyler Murray, every one of his guys performed well under expectation. 
Uh, with the exception of Gallup, I think he was maybe a little bit uh, closer to projection. And then Jalen Richard getting five, five points. Not that that matters, but that's more than you could ever expect for him. Uh, on the other side, uh, Josh Allen's not doing much right now. He doesn't really need to. Um, but Justin Herbert is the the big show. I mean, only 34 attempts, only 264 yards. Not huge numbers, but man, four touchdowns. Uh, the real surprising thing on him, and I think it's good on him, it's showing his arm talent and his decision-making has really grown since Oregon, uh, is the fact that, I mean, he's only rushed four for eight yards this week, and he hasn't had any real big rushing total games. Uh, he's using his legs to extend plays, but man, it, it's been it's been a revelation, and to get him for a 22 first when this team with Saquon uh, coming back obviously, and some good developmental pieces, especially like Gusecki at the tight end and stuff, and then Josh Allen doing what he's doing most weeks. Uh, that pick is potentially not very valuable, and to give up a, I think he was picked at like the seventh spot or something like that, or sixth spot, for a first rounder two years later that is potentially the equal pick. Oh, man, I would be embarrassed. Um, the only other standouts on the team, though, are uh, Kareem Hunt doing his thing, getting 16.8. And then DJ Moore had a good game, uh, finally getting a touchdown plus 93 yards, so good for him having a big game, uh, finally being the number one on his team for a change. Uh, we'll see if that continues with Teddy Two Gloves. I doubt it. And then Jarvis Landry having an okay game. Um, I guess the ones that really hurt Axel, not that he had much of a chance, was he didn't play Derek Carr against KC. Uh, opting for the Burrow against Baltimore game, which made less sense to me. And then the big one was not playing Chase Claypool. Can't really blame him there. Uh, third in line in targets. He just got a huge bump. And then obviously the massive, what, four-touchdown game um, between three receiving and one rushing based on of course, again, one of my players going out on the very first play he gets the ball. Uh, can't really foresee that or expect that. So, uh, can't really expect Axel to do much, and I don't think he really wants to. Uh, the better he can improve his shots at a pick, the uh, happier he'll be knowing that his team is nowhere near competing now. So, congrats to Tyler. He jumps up to 500, potentially, depending on where he uh Josh Allen takes him, and if he gets the Aniston points, so uh, good for him for not having a losing record with the team that uh, once he lost Saquon, we kind of gave not much of a chance, so uh, good job. Next up, the other team that is humming along, Zeke and Destroy taking on uh, potentially the worst team in the league uh, with the Untouchables. Now... I, I say that with the fact that the starting roster for the Untouchables is potentially not the worst, but he's got zero depth. There's no chance. And Dan has just been humming, man. He's been plus 150, I think, the last three weeks. So good on him. And that's that's including a performance of crap from Lamar Jackson, who is slowly turning out to be the guy that I thought he was. It's just that he had a Cinderella-like season and a quarter that vaulted his worth and i didn't capitalize on it so um good on me for getting something for him but man i could have had so much more so 
That was a real bonehead move on my part. But anyways, let's stop pontificating about my crap deals sometimes. And let's get into the matchup. So Gardner Minshew had a bounce back game with 300 yards. Uh, Zeke looked good. Gurley looked good. Both scoring 23 points exactly each. Um, on the other side, the quarterbacks, Philip Rivers continues to suck. Uh, and then Garoppolo getting negative 0.92 points. These guys combined for less than five points. So, I mean, need I say more than the fact that he had two quarterbacks that combined for less than five points. Uh, Chris Carson was good with 16-9, but Mark Ingram continues to disappoint. Down at the receivers, uh, that was the big thing. They're relatively evenly matched. Adam Thielen was the big winner out of it, but Tyreek Hill and Robbie Anderson did well. And Thielen and Woods uh, were both great. Uh, Kelsey had a huge game with over 101, getting 20.8 points. Uh, versus the Tyler Higby illusion is over, getting 2.2. So, uh, 10 times the points there. And then Mike Davis continues to somehow be amazing in fantasy football, even though he is not good. He's kind of the conundrum of Raheem Mostert. But it just seems to be working. I don't know. Maybe it's this Carolina offense is just tailor-made to get... Uh, copious amounts of receiving fantasy points for running backs, no matter how good they are, even if they're not Christian McCaffrey. Uh, it's confusing. I don't get it. Um, but it is what it is. And then, of course, John Brown on the other end did not play. Uh, so we're a little frustrated with that. We'd like to see you guys start some, I don't know, people that are playing. That being said... It wasn't so sure going into tonight's game that he wasn't going to play, I think, as of yesterday. So uh, that's an understandable miss on a not-full lineup. But needless to say, this actually was the biggest uh, win of the week, but it was the more expected one, so I don't think it was as shocking that uh, Dan destroyed uh, Gary at a tick of 166.76 to 72 points even as of right now, I don't think he has anyone actually playing. So uh, Dan's going to move to 8-3, and three, potentially second place. Um, there is a chance. I haven't looked at the total score points where I might hold on to that if I get the Aniston point. But um, either way, good job, Dan. Uh, next up is the uh, potentially over game of uh clay clay jones fantasy football team versus uh team ga dogs tanking for life uh tanking for, for lawrence actually um but unfortunately this is the second week now that ga dogs have won for him putting him not in last place but in second to last place and potentially, if Singletary wakes up and has a good second half, he could get an Aniston point and really screw things up. But what I am loving is that Clay got zero points this week to potentially one of the two worst teams in the league. So that always makes me slightly happy, as I know it makes you a lot more happy. Um, big thing was Clay, like me, had a couple injuries uh, that sort of hurt him. Not as much as me, but uh, they still did. 
Uh, but the big crapper was Matt Ryan just sucking it up against Carolina, only getting or getting under seven points. Kirk Cousins did Kirk Cousins things, barely getting over 14 points. On the other side, it was two of the tentative, not playing well, Saint and former Saints. Uh, Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater both scoring over 20 points somehow this week. Uh, Teddy's not that surprising against Atlanta, but the Drew Brees one against uh, the Chargers with no Michael Thomas, again, uh, was a little more surprising. So, big wins at that point. Um... Miles Sanders had a huge game for Clay with 22.9 points uh, versus Keyshawn Vaughn, who had negative 0.5 points with his fumble and barely five yards. Uh, but the big one was Ronald Jones outscored Joe Mixon, and he did it on a good tick. I didn't see the game, so I don't know if the runs were really justified or if it was like the Raheem Mostert thing where it's one big play made most of the yards. Uh, but Ronald Jones ran 17 for 106 and added on another three catches for 19 yards. Uh, Mixon had an okay serviceable game, uh, getting six catches, so he's still involved in the passing game. Uh, but as Chris put it, uh, people just don't care about Mixon anymore. Uh, he's eh, that O-line sucks, and, uh, it's honestly a waste of talent in his prime. Uh, the big the big surprise was uh, Tyler Lockett sucking uh, on the receiver core for Jones, getting 6.4 points, while um, DK Metcalf was the big winner on the other side with 24.3. And then uh, Allen Robinson and Will Fuller being relatively even, uh, around 14 points. Uh, although Mo Ali Cox didn't do anything, and Darren Waller got 13.3 uh, everything else was pretty uh, mundane, which basically sealed the deal for Clay. Assuming, because as of this recording, it's a uh, score of 103.1 to 103.72, with Devin Singletary having scored 1.1. So assuming he doesn't get a fumble or lose some yardage and then not play anymore, uh, we can assume then that Mike will have the win. And things will stay the same. The big news was DJ Chark went out with an injury, I believe relatively early. He still did get four targets, but he didn't do much with them. And then Keenan Allen went out relatively early, but at least he did contribute 9.9 .9 points, which isn't that bad. Um, I know Clay complains that he has the same level of bad luck with players going out. But what I've noticed is a lot of players that go out, they still put up points. Like Raheem Mostert gets 20 points on like 10 carries, and then he gets injured. Keenan Allen gets a touchdown, still gets almost 10 points. Uh, so boo freaking who. Uh, the big news is, of course, that due to the next matchups injury that I'm going to talk about, uh, Mike T Georgia Dogs for uh, Lawrence got a new starting quarterback with Andy Dalton and the questionability of Haskins maybe getting traded and Kyle Allen being uh, the starter now going forward potentially gives Alex Smith a pathway to starting too. Uh, on the other end, unfortunately, Clay didn't have the foresight to play Daryl Henderson uh, for the aforementioned Raheem Mostert or his newly acquired David Montgomery. Uh... All those would have done well, plus uh, complaining that 
A.J. Brown's always hurt. He's actually playing right now and could have put in 17.7 points for him. So, uh, as of halftime. So, uh, these are all ways that he could have maybe won, but it just did not work out that way. Uh, what are you going to do, though? He did put in a good lineup, and just sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. So, congrats to Mike for winning, even though he didn't want to win, potentially, uh, unless things change. And condolences to Clay for his minor injuries that'll probably plague him a little bit. Uh, but I guess the good news on it, for him at least, is that he did get some people healthy back this week that remained healthy. So going forward with his depth, he should be relatively fine. And then, of course, the final game of the week is yours truly, Sad Sack Story, the FF Goonie versus Team Chris1914. Uh, definitive win by Chris based on several injuries. Uh, looks like he's going to end up beating me by around 20-some-odd points. So chances are, had I had a healthy lineup, I would have won. But that's just not the way fantasy football works this season for yours truly. Sorry with a little bit of background noise you might be getting. I'm at the station I forgot to mention that earlier. I'm at the station recording for you, uh, ungrateful bastards. Uh, at least I'm getting paid to do this podcast today. So uh, at the quarterback position, obviously the big news is number one quarterback, Dak Prescott, is out for the season with a gruesome injury. And more importantly for me in a bad way is potentially... A long-lasting injury. I know people are trying to be all scary and grim about it. I don't know if it's that bad necessarily. But this all came when he did not get contract signed. And he is not under contract next year. Other than, uh, I believe, a possible franchise tag again. I'd have to look that up. But that's just speculation. Uh, Anyways, Deshaun Watson outperformed my expectations. Getting 25 points almost. Uh, And Dak... Still put up 13 points before that gruesome injury, but it wasn't enough with Pat Mahomes. And then, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick getting 28 points almost against San Francisco. Uh, On the other side, I somehow lost to someone with Brian Hill in his starting lineup. I just want to point out that this is how crazy fantasy football is. The fact is that a week ago, um, Chris almost won with poor injuries and, like, all these results against Clay, and he's, oh, this team's ravage is terrible, and look, he ends up putting 132-plus points at this point. Um, So, it is a strange, strange season, and I don't think anyone is safe in any way, shape, or form, especially if those players are on my team. I feel really bad for the real-life players if I own them in Dynasty, because I am just not, holy crap, breaking news oh my god i don't even have a breaking news button pulled up uh give me a second here i gotta oh god this is just terrible breaking news and i'm not ready for where's my darn this is why i need a proper setup guys if you if you love this show and you want to support this show you guys gotta start donating a little bit and help me pay i pay for unlimited downloads so i could put in multiple episodes every week past the the free experience i don't want to buy shit how do i clear god damn it these people are no i don't want to pay for your crap 
They're making me watch an ad to use my instant buttons. That's how terrible this is. I am going to try to set up something like Patreon or something if you guys want to throw in some shekels or something to give me some damn proper equipment. Uh, I'm trying to raise a kid and pay for a house and car and all this stuff and I'm complaining about my first world problems and I know that's insensitive but I have this just this poor poor setup for a professional fantasy football podcaster and this is why you get second rate analysis and just product really um okay I, I no longer have a breaking news thing anyways let's see if I could oh my god this is just running off the rails but I'm trying to do this in real time okay screw it don't care uh there we go That's terrible. I'm going to do it one more time louder. Can you even hear that? I'm going to assume you guys can hear it, but it's definitely low volume. Anyways, breaking news. Le'Veon Bell has been released by the Jets. The Jets are just the biggest dumpster fire on earth. Um, I'm assuming I just lost a player forever. Uh, so I don't want to hear any more bitching because 2020 has just been ravaging my clearly at the start of the season. I had the best team by not a long shot, but I did have the most solid team between competing now and for the future. And my God, just keep getting ravaged here. Uh, instant analysis, I'm going to say, and we'll, we'll talk about it with the guest in the next segment, but, uh, I'm going to say that Bell does not sign with another team this year. Um, he did not get paid that much, so he thinks he's worth that much money still, because he got released before a lot of, uh, guarantees, and they couldn't trade him, and I don't think any team's willing to pay him that much, uh, unless... Maybe a team that is competing ends up losing a running back um, and doesn't have a viable backup. Then they might do a one-year rental. So basically, I just lost Le'Veon Bell forever. Not that he's been a huge contributor since I've got him. Uh, Luckily, it worked out for me with the James Conner thing. But my God, 2020 sucks even more. Uh, And I'm sure you guys are going to be real-time. Uh, getting in comments, so hopefully that doesn't ruin this broadcast. But of course, this shit is the worst. Uh, while I'm at it, I gotta do one thing here, guys. Sorry. Uh, anyways, um, yeah. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, between the deck one. The running backs did all right for me. Josh Jacobs had a real good game. James Conner, but I was playing against Brian Hill, who somehow got 6.4 points before he got hurt or something. I don't know. Dave Johnson sucked. But then you get to my receivers, and Amari Cooper did shit without Dak. Um, and I think he was banged up in his back or something because they talked about him having to play through back issues next week or something. I don't know if I saw that quip wrong or whatever. And then, of course, I got .3 points from... Uh, Deontay Johnson, who got knocked out on his very first play. Um, so, no match for LaVisca Chanel and Stefan Diggs. 
at the tight end, pretty evenly matched. And then the other big one was Alvin Kamara and Clive Edwards-Hilaire got outscored by Henry Ruggs and Greg Ward. Like, fantasy football sucks so much. I mean, obviously, if I play Big Ben instead of the now injured, uh, the now injured uh, Dak Prescott, and I played something like I don't know, Devontae Parker instead of friggin' point three point Johnson, um, I would have had a chance, but I didn't. Final score ended up being one thirty three point six as of this recording to one twelve point two. I should end up with an instant point, but I am still at risk of losing one. Uh, depending on how this Bills game finishes out. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And with that, that concludes the uh, Prestige Dynasty Worldwide Week 5 review. And up next, we are going to be going to the new Fantastic Empire uh, Football League with a review with a special guest, the uh, our... I guess I don't want to use Fantasy Reaper, but our Fantasy... I don't want to use Hitman. Man, there's so many good names already taken up. I guess the Fantasy Serial Killer, uh, Gil, is going to be joining us. So uh, give us a sec, and we're going to get him... I mean, obviously you won't be hearing it because it'll be stopped. We're going to get uh, take a quick pause, and we're going to get this all settled, and hopefully we have a good interview, so... Stay tuned. All right, folks. So we are back after that super long pause that lasted a nanosecond. Uh, And we're going to get into the week five review of the new Fantastic uh, Keeper League, the new Fantastic Empire. Uh, As I said before, we have on Gil with us today. uh, Boop, 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 boop. Uh, Hello, Gil. Are you there? Yeah, man, I'm here. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming in. Uh, you're you're officially the inaugural um, guest on the show. We've never had this before. I know we've done a couple of uh, things with Brian, but that was always pre-recorded, and we've never had an interaction. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, me too. I've been looking forward to it since you hit me up about it. So oh, I know, and you talking you... some fantasy. Yeah, and you've been clamoring the bit for it, too, so I know you've been chomping at the bit. Uh, Anyway, so uh, for the people at home that don't know him, Gil has been with the Keeper League since year two, and uh, he's been a a real good dude in the league, so we kind of wanted to get to know you a little better. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, What do you do, where you live, all that stuff? Well, you know, I live for the... Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs live, you know. I'm here in KC, Missouri. Um, as far as what I do, I, I drive a forklift. It's pretty boring, but uh, especially in these times where we have to wear masks, I'm able to keep my ears covered up and keep these headphones in so I can listen to podcasts at work, you know, including this podcast, which is one of my favorites. Oh, well, uh, we appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, I mean... Before the world, you know, closed down, I, I used to play basketball about five or six times a week. I mean, that was really watching football, watching MMA, playing basketball, um, and then going to work. Then I have my, you know, I got my my girl with me, my daughter, 
got, I have heard Monday through Friday, and that's basically where all my time goes. Uh, so, yeah, I keep it pretty simple right here. Well, that's cool, man. Uh, how old's your daughter? She's nine. Nine years old, fourth grader. Uh, you know, I have a son that's three, too. I get him on the weekends. Okay. Any, uh, either of them into football? My daughter's starting to get into it. Uh, she's been, like, this year, just for whatever reason, she just kind of started paying attention to it, noticing someone makes a cool catch and asking questions. So it's pretty cool. Um, my whole family, we're huge football fans. We're all Chiefs fans. Uh, you know, not just this year. Been for a long time through years of being terrible and going 2-14. and 14, And it's just... uh. So it's cool having my daughter join in on the fun and appreciating the game like I do. So, yeah, man. That's good, man. Uh, I, As a uh, longtime Vikings fan, I know all about uh, disappointment for years, although I don't know about the rebound quite yet. Um, so how long have you been into fantasy football now? Well, I can't believe it. It's so weird to think about it, but 10 years, man. Um I started playing when I was 18. I graduated high school and I moved out of state because my best friend went to Tulsa for uh, college. And as soon as I graduated, I moved out there with him and uh, hopped in a, a fantasy football league. Some, I got some random job out there. This guy asked me if I wanted to play fantasy. Me and my boy joined. And I was like, Everything that the fantasy footballers and really any fantasy podcast would tell you not to do is what I was doing. I, I took Peyton Manning. That was my very first fantasy football pick. I drafted Peyton Manning, and then I filled my roster up, you know, quarterback, running back, running back, receiver, receiver. Like, I didn't know what I was doing, man. And I ended up doing okay, just, uh, you know, because as Jason says, you don't win the, you don't win the league at the draft, but... Yeah, 10 years ago, that's what I was doing, and played every year since, getting more into it pretty much every year, and uh, started. I started listening to the football sport five years ago, uh, right after they first started. I think I, I hopped in like halfway through the first season Okay, yeah, the podcast, and yeah, really developed from there. Yeah, that's around the same time I caught on to them, too, was that very first year, and then uh, I think I've been a little bit longer. Uh, I can't even remember the exact date, but... Uh, a little over 10 years, but I do remember it was that, that Manning, um, uh, what was his name, the tight end? With the... With, uh, in with Denver? The, no, was it uh, back in Indy? A, a, back in Indy with the, with the Giants, uh, white guy, I forget his name. Oh, God. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay, someone's gonna, someone's gonna yeah. comment and they're <laughs> gonna get to us about this, uh, yeah. ridiculous <laughs> going back and forth over a tight end we can't think about. Um, but... Anyways, um, so awesome. A little background for everyone at home on you. Um, Like I said earlier, he came in year two. You you ended up uh, finding us from the the listing on the the Foot Clan League, right? Yeah, yeah, Foot Clan League. Yep. That's right, that's right. So for for the people that are newer that don't understand, uh, at... It used to be called the Atlanta Foot Clan uh, Keeper League, and Brian Brodsky had started it, and me and Axel others were the original ones off FootClanLeagues.com, and then uh, I know you came in, and uh, you were you're a little like uh, a little hesitant when you first came in on the chat stuff, but uh, you, you got you got pretty uh, 
pretty friendly pretty quick and it was uh it's always been a pleasure having you so uh we we well, do... always appreciated y'all have having me on uh sorry i didn't tell you off but no, no, yeah, no. I just wanna, you know shout out to brian for getting this started it's, it's been a great league and he was an awesome commissioner and uh i understand especially the stuff that's going on now man everyone what's on everyone's plate is changing and some people's more full than others and uh for you you were great as soon as i joined reached out you and Axel, really everyone uh Y'all have been great. And I want to thank you, man, for stepping up and taking over as, you know, the commissioner because, uh, you know, someone needed to. And I think, I really think you were the right guy for the job. You know, I appreciate that, man. Well, I appreciate the, uh, the vote of confidence. So hopefully we keep it up and, uh, everything works out the way, the way it needs to. So this league can, uh, keep staying healthy for a very long time. So, uh, we had a little bit of breaking news. I kind of hit it. It was a really awkward portion of the, the uh, podcast where I couldn't, I didn't have an open uh, breaking news button and I was searching for it. But uh, uh, I told you, I broke the news to you, which made me feel amazing. But uh, Le'Veon Bell was released by the Jets. Um, what do you think uh, is the, the future of Le'Veon Bell, either this year or in the future? Do you think he's going to sign somewhere or like. Do you have any idea of potential uh, landing spots? Yes. Someone is going to sign this guy. I mean, I've watched him play. He's not he's not the old Le'Veon Bell, but, I mean, he's still got it, especially compared to some of the, the running backs that are out there. Um, you know, I know the Chargers lost Eckler. Not, I'm still not sure how long, but uh, Josh, Joshua Kelly, he didn't, I don't know, he just – he was doing a little less than I than I thought he would do, and I'm sure Le'Veon could do well with him. Uh, maybe in Arizona, I could see Arizona being a good fit. Uh, I guess they, I mean I know they got Chase Edmonds, but anywhere where these guys have like these two running backs, and I don't know, like I've heard once if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback, and maybe it's the same way with running backs. I think there's a few spots they could go. Okay, um, I would love to have him here in KC, honestly. Uh, but, oh, it's yeah. like a, it's like a compliment to teach CEH a little bit something. Yeah. Um, well, so I agree with you. I, I saw a little quip on that as far as the Arizona one where maybe a, a trade for Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, but I mean, after the release, that, that, that complicates things a bit. Uh, the two places I was kind of thinking is with the questionability of uh, David Montgomery still going forward. I know they're hopeful, but uh, also the loss of Cohen. I thought the Bears were maybe a possibility because they're they're still winning even with Foles. And then uh, the other one was uh, I know they got Fournette on the cheap, but why not get Bell on the cheap and try him in Tampa when it looked like Fournette was the answer? But, I mean... He's now dealing with injury stuff. Ronald Jones is okay at times, but uh, they're obviously going to make a push with Brady, so I thought maybe Tampa would be a possibility too. But uh, my big one, and uh, I kind of alluded to earlier, was I think there's a distinct possibility he just might not sign this year, and he might be done forever. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, so the Jets... uh, they paid him a good amount of money early on, but I mean, I, the real reason they released him was to save like seven, eight million dollars uh, before Thursday, I believe. And uh, he's clearly shown the the will to 
hold out for what he thinks he's worth. And I'm not sure until maybe like a team like the Falcons, if they were competitive, lose Gurley or something like that situation. I don't see a team willing to pay him what he thinks he's worth. I mean, it's what happened with Devonta Freeman all over, I think, potentially. so, And that hurts me as a dynasty owner of Bell. But uh, we'll see. Anyways, uh, let's get into it. Uh, the reason we called up, not only just to get to know you a little bit and have a guest for the first time, but uh, we have a, I think it's still going on, but we have a week in review, and there's only one game that is potentially still going to be decided that is close. Uh, so let's get into week five review. Uh, do you have the app up? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at everything now, and uh, All we right. do have a close one. Well, let's uh, let's start off with uh, the close one already. So let's get into it. It's a uh, Team Texas Bear versus Unjour in France. Uh, the aforementioned Axel versus uh, Tyler, uh, my buddy, I brought in. Um, any thoughts on the the game, or um, any? And do you think he's going to pull it out? I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's still 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, and this dude, Axel, the friendly Frenchman, has John Luke Smith and A.J. Brown, who is having a, a good game, finally making an impact in fantasy. Um, yeah, I think there's very much a possibility he ends up taking this thing. Man. Yeah, I mean, four I mean, four I, more points I, is all he needs, and he's winning. Uh, he's currently down 144.56 to 140.6 so i mean that's less than a four point difference so like like yeah, you said, I, I, do you see the percentage right now is they, they have they haven't had a 23 percent chance to win i really think i would disagree i would i i think i would take those odds if uh there's a way to wager i think i think johnny smith and aj brown um on a team riddled with covid and injury could probably put together five points combined with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter I think they could do that on one drive. Okay, so. well, I, I will say, though, the one thing that I think is kind of playing into the uh, the percentage a little bit is with the 10 minutes left, they are up by 12 points. So they've had the better defense going through it. Uh, Josh Allen's able to get big chunks, so they might just be turning to mostly Derrick Henry, and that might really seal the deal for them not getting enough points for the win. So I think that's why they're hedging their bets a little bit. But I will agree with you. I think yeah, that little, makes sense. I, I I think it's a little closer than twenty three percent. So uh, maybe we'll get a little more resolution as we go on. But uh, let's let's go through it. Yeah, so I think Josh Allen, Josh Allen just got a touchdown, so that lead uh, down to single digits now. Oh man! Well, there you go. Uh, so that that could change things. That could change things. That that definitely is going to change my percentage. Uh, anyways. Uh, so let's go. Uh, it's a big matchup between the quarterbacks. Uh, Deshaun Watson finally showed up. Uh, pretty much matched Pat Mahomes with the thirty point eight six to thirty three point seven. Uh, so the big news of the day was, uh, and I don't know if you agree with me on it, is Raheem Mostert. Do you think he's a good running back? Because this guy, I know he keeps getting injured, but he's putting up double digits. And my criticism is it's all been based on, like, three large plays and then nothing else. So what do, what do you make of Raheem Mostert? I mean, he's an efficient running back. Uh, you know, it's, if, if you have a fluke once, that's one. You know, if it, if it was a fluky thing where it's just – because I, I, I remember in uh, – I think it was week two, I think he played the Jets, and 
he took that 80-yard run to the – it was one – he had that one carry, he took 80 yards to the house or something like that. And, uh, and then he only had like five or six more carries that game, maybe, maybe a few more. And I think he only had 12, 12 more yards. So I see what you're saying. It's just – he's uh, he's just like some of those – he might be a boomer bust type of running back and – He's just been booming so far. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. Um, so, like, week week one, he had, he had the, like, 88-yard catch touchdown. So that boosted his yards per catch to 23.8. Week two, like you're saying against the Jets, he had that 180-yard touchdown run, which boosted his, his – he had eight total carries and he ended with 92 yards. So that was 11.5 a tick on carries. And then – and then this week, coming back off the injury, he had another big play, just no touchdown. So that's why he had the modest 13.4, because he ended up at a tick of 8.2 yards per carry. I mean, these are just crazy numbers, and it, it, it's very reminiscent uh, to me of the uh, Derrick Henry uh, playoff run, you know, where he's just hitting yeah. big play, big play. The only problem is he's not doing it because all the time because he's only getting 15 or less carries and a couple of targets, you know? So, uh, right. do you think at all maybe the defense has played into it too? I mean, he has played only Arizona, the Jets, and Miami. So, no, no one's really, you know, stopping the run there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that could definitely be a part of it. Um, you know, game script plays a huge part in, in running backs. Uh, coming. I, I'll tell you what, though. I just think... Um, I'm always scared of those committees and especially committees where I really can't predict who, who's the guy and who's going to do what. Uh, so, I mean, if I was Axel, I'd be happy with what Moker's done for him where he's been starting and in the games where you can start him. But, uh, yeah, it might be a little scary going forward, especially with the Rams next week. Uh, that's not a team I would I want to run against or, or definitely have a player I wouldn't want to run against. So, yeah, um, as much as you, you you might want to think he might not be a great running back because he has three big plays, he's only played three games, so got to give the guy credit for what he's done so far. That's true, and I mean, for an older back that hasn't really done much, I mean, this just could be like your less or a more injury-marred Peyton Hillis kind of run where he just does great things for one year, but uh, we'll, we'll see on that. The other guy I wanted to talk to you about on Axel's team is Calvin Ridley. Now, this guy is being anointed as the already surpassed Julio Jones guy in Atlanta. Um, Most of it's been with Julio on the field taking number one coverage, but in two games where Julio hasn't really either played for one of them and the other one did very much at all. No, I think he actually was ruled out of two. He still put up good, decent numbers, and he's currently still the wide receiver one. Uh, is Is he... jumped into that like maybe I, I don't want to say he's like the the Devonte adams michael thomas deandre hopkins tier but has he hit that at least uh tier two player with like tyree kill and those guys uh especially with like a career thing with dynasty oh yeah i mean if i had this guy in dynasty i would be i would be thrilled and i mean with us being a, a keeper league um i'm sure axel I think he would keep Mahomes. I'm not sure who he would franchise, but I know this guy would either be franchised or in my lottery every year going forward for the foreseeable future. I would love to have him in Dynasty. Um, I mean, his targets, 
other than week four against Green Bay, are double digits every week. Um, I, I do wonder sometimes how much Julio, how much Julio helps that drawing a, a lot of attention from the defenses. And, you know, you got to wonder if, um, if it could be a Juju situation. Or, I mean, there's no doubt Juju's a baller, but Juju's numbers when Antonio Brown were there were a lot different when Antonio Brown was, was gone. Um, so, you know, that, that remains to be seen. Although, I, you know, week five, seems like he had a, a great game. And the guy's great, you know. There's really nothing to say about it. Uh, solid wide receiver. I wish he was on my team. So, that's what feels like trading him, you know, holler at him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, th- I think another big thing, too, that is maybe going to shape him a little bit, could curb his like elite status a little bit going forward, is they finally, and I know a lot of the guys that listen to this have been Falcons fans forever. We did start as Atlanta-based everything, uh, for the people that don't realize that. Um, the loss of Dan Quinn, um, they're going to bring in someone, I think, maybe get to a offensive-minded head coach a little more and get a more solid uh, defensive coordinator mindset and a new GM. They also got rid of Dimitrov that uh, maybe bolsters the defense with guys that aren't made of peanut brittle. Uh, so we they, they have to put up such huge numbers all the time that maybe he's just... Uh, he's not going to always sustain this. And I think the really odd one, and I don't know if you want to weigh in on it, is uh, I'm, I'm really surprised at the, the efficiency or at least the usage of Hayden Hurst. Uh, I know they tried to get him quite a few uh, targets. I think he had six finally this week, but he's been pretty uh, low usage, which has been kind of surprising there. Yeah, I, I know before, um, you know, during preseason and, all the talk was this guy stepping into um, Cooper's role, who had a huge year last year. And, I mean, he, he's, he has had some decent targets. I mean, for a tight end, this guy's getting the targets I would want. Uh, he had five in week one, eight in week two, only three in week in week three. And then uh, the last two weeks, he's had six targets each. Um, he, he's scored twice. I mean, he's been all right. Um, I mean, he's been the guy... I don't know. He's been nothing, nothing great. He's had one one good game and a couple decent games. Uh, he's getting the targets, just maybe not being as efficient with them as we like. I mean, uh, he I, he's been disappointing disappointing compared to probably expectations. But yeah, it just always seems like those middle round tight ends, and I think it's becoming cliche at this point. But they just never hit pay dirt like. I think Darren Waller might have been a guy that has stepped up out of the middle rounds to into that elite tier with Kittle, Kelsey. Um, so, other other than that, man, these guys like Hurst, Ertz, Ingram, man, it just seems like just wait, just wait and get a Gesicki, a John U. Smith, a Noah Fant. Like, um, I'm just going to have to remember that going forward. Uh, I think Hayden Hurst has the potential in the world, and as you brought up the coaching change, you know, we'll just have to see what happens. And, uh, for Tyler's sake, you know, I hope it goes well. I hope something that uh, improves there with his efficiency. Yeah, and maybe they, maybe they could end up being the big one-two punch there with uh, Julio starting to fade off into the sunset a little bit. Uh, so... Uh, real quick, uh, I know that I never did the uh, the preview for this week. Uh, life just got in the way a little bit, so I, I 
I want to hear what your take is on if you would have done anything different in this matchup that could have changed things. Like, if if you personally... And I I know it's hard with hindsight already set in, but, like, if you personally would have played either one of these teams a little differently, uh, that maybe would have changed the the outcome. Yeah, I think I would have started the guys that scored the most points because I'm just really good at fans. No, uh... <laughs> no, I know it's 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 really hard to do that. Um, with with hindsight, it's hard to take those glasses off. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Let me look at who he has on his bench. So on, on the um, bench on Tyler's I, side, you had Chase Edmonds and Henry Ru- Henry Ruggs putting up good games, and then uh, the only notable person on Axel would have been prior to the game would have been probably Latavius Murray. Yeah, Latavius. Yeah, I mean, I think Axel started. He obviously made all the right decisions, which I mean, as a former champion, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I don't know. Let's see, Chase Edmonds and Rose. He could have been started over Joshua Kelly. So yeah, that, that's um, where I was actually leaning. Is uh, had had I done the preview, I would not have started Josh Kelly. I would have actually started Chase Edmonds, and I know that. Because I started Chase Edmonds in my my super big league. I every once in a while talk on the chat the sixteen teamer. I I started him and like I I had full confidence. I think Kenyon Drake's done. So that's that's a big one. I and then like you said, uh, Axel made all the right moves. Man, I am honestly very impressed that he started Devonta Freeman. I would have thought he would have gone with Latavius. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. He's a good fantasy player. He's really knowledgeable. Uh, I hope I hope you can have him on sometime too. I would love to hear more about Axel. I think he's a great dude and a knowledgeable knowledgeable guy too. So, uh, I mean, yeah, he made all the right decisions, and you know, we're gonna wait to see if it pays off or not. I'm sure Tyler right now is Sweating watching this game just one <laughs> one end to end. Just he's going against the clock and I- hoping that that Chiefs defense negative one point doesn't come back to bite him. So yeah, I was gonna say more more than the Chase Edmonds thing. I think he's probably regretting starting at defense. So he might just need those points. All right, well we'll keep an eye on that as we go through the other ones. Uh, let's go one more over to uh, Team Groovy Drew versus my number one likes number two. Uh, so any uh. Well, I'm gonna run through real quick. So the big the big story I think is that Teddy Bridgewater balled out against Atlanta and negated that uh, Russell Wilson lead. And um, other than that, man, I mean, what do you really expect? You have a guy that that started Brian Hill and Benny Snell, and it looks like he and he's going to win because uh, because uh, Chase took a a huge gamble on John Brown and, and yeah. look where that turned yeah. out. Yeah. And Brandon Cooks is sitting on his bench with, uh, enough points to give him a very comfortable win. He could be relaxing. Yeah. Him and Miles uh, Gaskin. Definitely. Yeah. It could be going into next week at two and three and, uh, rather than one and four, which I'm sure that sucks, but I mean, he has a, you know, he has a decent team. No reason. I mean, sometimes you got to risk it. Uh, who, who would have thought Brandon Cooks was going to go off for 26 points? Um, John Brown's been doing great when he's in. Um, with, this, with the times we're in, you know, it's kind of the risk we have to take sometimes. So it sucks it didn't pay off. But, I mean, if I was sitting across from Benny Snell and Brian Hill, I mean, 
I, I still might give myself, I might think I still have the edge. Um, obviously, you got Russ cooking, and uh, Woods had a pretty decent game. And then, man, that Team Groovy Drew in the running back department is just taking two big blows uh, with Chubb and Eckler. I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. His, his, his IR is filled up. You know, he can't can't put any more running backs in the IR unless they catch COVID. So. Exactly. Uh, and as, as the resident yeah. uh, expert of fantasy injuries in the Keeper League, man, you know something about that, so... Uh, do you think he can uh, he can sustain enough to turn it around and get at least Chubb back? Oh, I mean, let's see. He's, he's going to win this week. He's going to have three wins. Um, hopefully Chubb can... I don't know the timeline on Chubb, but, I mean, he's going to go in the next week with three wins. I, I don't feel good about the two running backs, um, Snell and Hill. I don't feel good about... I wouldn't feel good about that at all. Um... While his opponent right now is Miles Gaskin on his bench, you know, I mean, maybe that might be a guy you have to talk to about a trade offer, um, see if he can grab grab Gaskin or something, because this guy's got to grab someone, maybe uh, make a bid, try to buy himself a win with Madison next week. Um, I don't know. At this point, you got to do whatever you can do to to take it one week at a time and and win one week at a time until you get one of these guys back, because um, his poor running backs. Have, I mean. They're only poor because they were supposed to be backups. I mean, they're affecting his, his starters everywhere now. And they'll happen to start T.Y. Hilton, who I wasn't so good about, and Will Fuller, who's very hit or miss and um, has very fragile hamstrings. So, yep. Um, not a comfortable position to be in. But, yeah, um, I will say he did. Oh, sorry. Third, third overall pick for the season. So I, I feel similar. Um, you know, wish the best for Groovy Drew and his running backs. Yep, I I mean I I totally agree. I think I think the big X factor for him is if if maybe like you said he he goes after some of those cheaper running backs or, or manages to get something just to float him. He does have Russell Wilson and he does have George Kittle, who I know Kittle's been injured and disappointing, but he's going to get back to what Kittle does. So that that's yeah. always a possibility. I think on the other end is telling too is uh, we talked about it earlier. Um, Chase has a strong team, but the problem is, man, he just lost Le'Veon Bell. He's been sitting without Christian McCaffrey. Uh, like you said, he's going to be one in four. Does he have enough time with the way the league is shaking out right now to turn things around and make a push late in the season for maybe that like fifth, sixth playoff spot? Considering he has McCaffrey, I mean. This- he, yeah, I mean, he has the time. Uh, I don't think he has time to do it. I think uh, you go on a win streak at, at one and four is what he's going to be looking at. He can turn that around and um, things can turn out to where he can make the playoffs. The question is, does he have the talent on the team? And I mean, Ronald Jones and James Robinson, um, maybe not names we thought in the preseason, would be running backs that would you would be able to count on, but I really think he can. Uh, I would actually feel good with those two running backs, especially considering the number one overall pick, or at least his friend, and mostly the, his franchise guy in TNC being out. Um, yeah, I think I think, I think think he's okay. I think he has a chance there. I think uh, Bridgewater did a good job for him, not enough to give him a win, but you know that was a solid pickup and start while Cam, Noten, Cam Newton's out with the Rona. Um, 
we're hoping, you know, for his sake that he can pop back in next week and he has a, a really good quarterback. Cam's been playing great. Um, and then he also has Miles Gaskins. That's a, I mean, he has some reliable running back. I'd feel comfortable. So I probably would have been starting Gaskin over Bell at this point anyway. Um, and then I see he grabbed Justin Jefferson, who did not have a big week this week. But I think we all feel comfortable having him. I think I think he has the time and the talent on his team to make the playoffs. Um, things are going to have to, you know, go his way a few times. But uh, I mean, that's the way fantasy works. You know, it's not a, it's never a guarantee. But uh, I think he can do it. No reason to give up now. All right. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. Uh, I mean, we'll wait and see, but uh, definitely. So uh, next up, we got Team Chris nineteen fourteen and Finkel is Einhorn. A uh, big win for Chris, moving to three and uh, four and one actually, I believe. And um, yeah, it was one hundred eight point five to eighty. Uh, the big news is something that I've been saying is I don't really believe much in Lamar Jackson, and he continues to uh, show that the efficiency could not be sustained that long. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Lamar? Um, I mean, good Lord, last year was fun. He was fun to watch and he had a great week one against Cleveland and, um, looked like he had a pretty good week four against Washington. I mean, those are two teams you might expect, uh, you might expect teams to have good weeks against, or players to have good weeks against, um, Do you think anything? I'm not sure, man. Uh, quarterback eleven right now. I, I don't know. He's disappointing. I mean, it's not. You know, I don't want to crap on the guy, but he's. You know, I would be disappointed if I drafted Lamar Jackson. He's not doing what you drafted him to do. Um, there's just no way around that. So uh, maybe, maybe he's still feeling the the knee injury from. I know he, he had playing a little banged up. We'll see what he can do next week, but I'd be disappointed right now. I would not be optimistic uh, about the future. Maybe the teams are figuring him out. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe, too, um, part of it might have been just, like, it was an overwhelming win over Cincinnati. He didn't really have to do much. But that being said, he he hovered around 50% completion rating and less than 10 yards per completion. I mean, those are not good numbers. And then when he's not rushing, I mean, his value's gone. And, I mean, just clearly he didn't have to this week. Um, so I, I, I think the, the big thing on the, the Finkels-Einhorn uh, dance team is I, I'm actually surprised he's up at now going to be 2-3. and three. Um I think things like the the Dobbins pick, I, he was pretty open about it was a pick for next year as far as a player that he could franchise. And um, right. I, I just I, I see a lot of holes in his, his roster um, with the the tight end Hawkinson's not working out. And I mean, he's got some of those guys that we're, we're still hopeful for, like Darius Slayton to maybe contribute. But I mean, uh, he's he's got like. He's got good players, not great players by this year's standard. Uh, Evans has benefited a lot from uh, from Godwin being out. I don't think he's going to continue to be that, especially with his low yardages. And then guys like Tyler Boyd, Deontay Johnson keep getting hurt. I just, I for me, I don't know what you think, but I just, I don't think the Dan's got enough in the tank to overcome, even if Lamar Jackson comes back strong. Yeah. Um, he has a great dynasty bench. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would love to have 
Ayuk, uh, Marquise Brown. He has some great young receivers. I know that sounded like an insult. I, I'm just, you know, playing. Uh, no hate, man. Um, he has some great young receivers. I think he'll have some fun keeper options um, if he wants to. If he wants to franchise Lamar, he might not want to after this year, though. But if he does, and you know, he has some great keeper options um, with Dobbins, Evans, Tyler Boyd, Deontay Johnson, Marquise Brown. He might think about if if this year's not going to work out for him, he might think about maybe uh, packaging packaging some guys up and uh, you know trading away. Just doing it before the trade deadline. Uh, Yeah, it's a little too early for that. But if things don't work out, he has. Uh, more players than he can that he can try to keep next year that than he can keep. So uh, that'll be something to think about. He has some really good. I really like his young receivers on the team. Uh, I agree with you on the tight ends. Hawks is not working out, and Malawi um, Cox might be a one hit wonder. Uh, maybe touchdown dependent. You know, remains to be seen. So uh, yeah, I think he it's his team had potential. It's just maybe not panning out. Okay, and then uh, on the other side. Uh, Chris has shown up pretty well. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's going to be 4-1. and one. Uh, He's got some strong players with Kyler Murray balling out, Zeke going big, uh, Diggs doing well. Uh, the big question on him, is he ever going to get a healthy uh, Godwin and Galladay? Uh, that, that 2G network has been down and out, and I just... I, I, do, do you think he needs to have those guys healthy to be a real contender? Or do you think he can put it together the way he is? And then also, do you think those guys are going to actually get healthy at some point? Yeah, I think Galladay comes back next week ready to go. I'm not sure about Godwin. Um, I think Galladay coming back next week would be good timing with Sammy Watkins uh, and another fragile hamstring guy. Sammy Watkins, you know, opting out probably for next week uh, with a hamstring injury. Um, I know I, I feel affected by Galladay and Godwin. That was a, a really common combo of receivers that that I had in some uh, in some leagues that I'm in. You know, outside of the best league, the best league we're in now. So uh, I, I feel his pain there. I think Galladay comes back ready to go next week, and I would uh, I'd be looking forward to that if I was him. You know, hopefully, uh, Stefan Diggs can hold it down in the meantime. Um, I'm probably, I'm, I'm just, I'm distracted by tight ends. You know, there's some big name tight ends. Uh, big name is the only thing he has right now because it's not big points. Uh, yeah, that, that's a definite agreement. 3.3 combined points from his two tight ends, which are Zach Ertz and Tyler Higby. More of those middle round tight ends I was kind of bringing up and, Dang, yeah, it's not not looking good right now. Yeah, I, I think the big question on him, since since he doesn't have that strong tight end play, his receiving core is obviously great if they can be healthy. He's got a good yeah. number one running back. So I think I think the real big thing that's going to limit whether he's going to do well or not is going to be if Daryl Henderson at running back can keep up the low efficiency but high touchdown totals. Uh, waffling with the big efficiency, low touchdown total games. Like, my question is if Daryl, or what I question is if Daryl Henderson can keep it going a full season or if Leonard Fournette can come back and actually contribute. 
that that's going to be the big linchpin for me is just him getting a, a real working uh consistent running back too although i know henderson has been that since he's been back but it's more a question do you think either one of those guys can can keep it up for the season i, I would feel good about daryl henderson at this point um I I know why you might look at and, and see what he get, did against Washington and, and New York Giants and think well those teams suck but Washington has a really good front line um, and I mean he didn't I mean he didn't do much against the Giants but uh, Buffalo that that's that's a pretty good defense guy you know put up some good points there as well um, I mean he's proven he can do it against good good defenses or at least good front lines. Um, so I think I would feel pretty confident with him going forward. He's, he's had two games that were crap-worthy and the other three, um, almost 20 points. Um, I think I would feel confident about him moving forward. I'd feel optimistic. Uh, San Francisco is not a defense I'd be very afraid of now. Uh, the, the name San Francisco is more scary than the team now because of uh, Bosa going out and uh, Solomon. Uh, I can't remember the other name, but... Yeah, they they are decimated, and I would feel fine with them moving forward. Okay. Um, well, yeah, so so hey, let, let me uh, inter- let me interrupt for one second. I was about to do a live look in on the Axel Tyler uh, matchup, and I was going to tell you that it looks like Tyler is hurting because Henry started pulling through even more, and Ty- and Axel didn't get a single point. But as I was waiting to say that, Johnny Smith just got his second touchdown, and it looks like Axel's going to pull out the win as long as this touchdown's holding up. Yeah, okay. So uh, right, we, well. I just wanted to jump in there for a quick second. So as of right now, it stands Axel did pull in with a, uh, a short touchdown, so he ended up getting an extra 7.2 points. And uh, he's now leading 147.8 to 144.56. So as long as that stands, congrats to Axel on pulling out the last-minute victory with only two minutes left. So um, anyway, so sorry about cutting you off on that. Uh, do, you, do you remember where you were? No, it's it's all right. So I apologize on that. Let's move on, though. Uh, we're going to pull into normally I'm the, the marquee headline game. But since we have you as a special guest today, we're gonna we're gonna pull into my game one early. Uh, still contentious, but not by much. Um, and Axel just saved me, so it's the FF Emperor himself, yours truly, in the uh, as the commissioner versus Team Silverados, Justin's team. So uh, going into tonight, I had a I want to say like a twenty something point lead against Derrick Henry, and it looks like with Axel's Johnny Smith, I'm pulling out the win. Uh, that was the other reason I wanted to jump in. So uh, what, what's the standouts here? Because I'm, I'm seeing a lot of poor scores on both sides, so not a very impressive game. Yes, he's, uh, yeah, no, no, definitely not the best game. Uh, A.J. Green with the goose. That, yeah, um, that was the big other, one that caught me. players not doing much. McKinnon. Only one point five. Yeah, relatively low scoring game from a uh, from two pretty good teams, really. Especially, you know, I'm, I'm really liking your team this year. So, Lockett didn't do much. That you know that that stinks. Uh, but CD Lamb coming through for you, Jimmy. 
Jimmy Graham's still out there making it work. Cooper Cup didn't do a lot, but Colts defense did you did you a favor too uh, with eleven points. They're a great defense, though, so that doesn't surprise me. Yep, that's why that's why I drafted them specifically for four of the first five games. I thought were really lined up. So uh, the real tale of the tape. So there's two. You mentioned the AJ Green one. Uh, it's funny. This is the second week in a row that a drop of mine from my draft ended up biting me in the butt, but uh, in a different way this time was he picked up Mike Williams after I dropped him because it seemed like Mike Williams was just toast for this year, but Keenan Allen gets hurt and Mike Williams goes bananas, luckily, on Justin's bench. Uh, do you think this is something Mike Williams is going to sustain going forward for the for the season, or at least while Keenan's dealing with his back issue? Um. I would feel good about Mike Williams moving forward. Uh, I don't think, you know, we, we weren't sure how Herbert was going to um, move the ball. I, I've seen I've seen him a little bit in college, and, he, you know, he does he does like to push the ball, but uh, he's really translated to the pros, and I think he's looked good. Um, I know he gave gave my favorite team, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, a run for our money in week two, and um, I really think he's an impressive guy. I would feel good having Mike Williams on my team moving forward. He's a he's a, a guy that's going to excel with the deep threat and looks like Herbert's a, someone that can put it on him. So, yeah, um, I would say moving forward, I would expect Mike Williams to be in his lineup. Uh, if I was the Silverados, I know that's what I would do. So what you're saying um, is I should have never dropped him. Yeah, yeah, that sucks, <laughs> man. <laughs> that sucks. So, um, and then the... the I, I dropped quick. I dropped Chase Claypool in one of my leagues um, like two or three weeks ago, right before his big game. and So I feel your pain, man. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, this, so um, that that is a rough one. Claypool's a little tougher. That's definitely for deep leagues and dynasties more. Uh, I know he's yeah. available in this one, so uh, there might be a mad rush for uh, for the uh, the waiver wire. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, so yeah, the other big tail of the tape and the reason why it looks like I'm poised to win, still no sure thing yet with a minute 16 left, I'm assuming I'm going to win though, uh, is, uh, Matt Ryan crapped the bet against Carolina. Is Matt Ryan done? And do you think, I know some people have rumbled in the Dynasty League about this, do you think there is a possibility that the Falcons try to move Matt Ryan this season to a team that needs a QB solution and basically just tank for Lawrence since they're already 0-5? Um, I mean, this crazy season, I don't think anything would surprise me. Um, I'm sure some teams could use a quarterback like Matt Ryan, but I feel like he has some pretty good weapons and um, their offense is... I mean, it's an offense that I think we thought would be pretty explosive. Um, but, yeah, this guy's just not – he's not been efficient at all. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week three, and that was only one. That was only one touchdown. Now, um, now – Six of the seven touchdowns came the first two weeks. Yeah, I would uh, – I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to do. I just know if uh, if I was the Silverados, I might, I might be looking at options because I don't think this is going to be the guy to get the job done. All right, well, I would say just just a spitball fantasy or, like, real-life fantasy idea here is, and I think it would work, is Matt Ryan gets shipped for a 
And I, I think someone mentioned some, like, mega deal about it, and that might be sparking it. But, like, what about the idea of Matt Ryan get shipped to the Colts for a, a late first-round pick? Since Rivers is obviously terrible and toast. And Matt Ryan could really flourish behind that line with the running back with the running game that they have. Um, he has the arm strength that still compared to Rivers to get it downfield a little more for guys like T.Y. Hilton. And then the Falcons turn around and get Trevor Lawrence. I think that would be a really cool move that would would really actually solidify the Colts a little more, and I think it would actually benefit. You think I'm right about that? Yeah, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Um, I think he could, I think he'd be a good fit in Indianapolis. Uh, I feel like they have potential with their offense. I think they have some good young receivers, and Matt Ryan could be that the veteran leader that they need. I mean, Philip Rivers is a veteran leader, but uh, he's obviously he's not looking good right now. And uh, yeah, I think he'd be a good fit. I think. I think the Falcons, besides the Falcons fan, I'd be excited about that moving forward. I mean, it would suck for the rest of this year. You kind of, you're not going to be feeling good, but um, you end up grabbing a great quarterback early next next year in next year's draft, and then getting another first round pick to go with it. Uh, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, and I, 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 I think that would there. come in. Yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah, I think that would come in good, especially if that first round pick turned into like a. Uh, a good, decent uh, right tackle or something. I, I'm not really sure who's yeah. the weak link on their line besides their entire line, but I think that that would help set up the Falcons for the future. So uh, it maybe we get that done, or maybe the Falcons hire me to replace Dimitrov, and uh, we we can get some real fantasy, uh, some real fantasy aspects to real life football. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would help them out a lot. Yeah, so. Uh, looks like I ended up narrowly escaping that with the Johnny Smith touchdown taken away from Derrick Henry. Uh, so, like I said, Derrick Henry ended up with a terrible yards per carry, but two touchdowns made me sweat a little bit. But it looks like I'm going to remain the only undefeated team in the league. Um, so that, for me, I personally think that should scare a lot of people considering I didn't have Aaron Jones this week. I haven't had Devontae Adams for a couple weeks. And I'm doing all this after losing Saquon Barkley first week. So uh, I'm another one I of mean, those. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just saying, like, you know, you two are on horn quite a bit. So I don't think you need me to do it for you. But I'm going to anyway. Um, it's pretty impressive, man. Uh, you have had some, some injuries from, from some key guys. You're coming off winning the league. Uh Right, you won last year or was that the year before? No, no, no. I'm I'm the inaugural winner. Uh that's right, my fault. My yeah, fault. but I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm, 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 all, I'm always up there. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh so I, I appreciate the uh the uh the beefing me up a little bit. I, I know I do toot my own horn, but uh let's let's get to tooting yeah. someone else's horn. Let's get to our, our marquee matchup of the week. We have the uh, the newly minted, by the way, name. I'm loving Los Poyos Hermanos. That's uh, Gil Gucci himself, or Gucci Gil himself, uh, versus SC Honkers, the lesser of the Bryants. Uh, you had a big win, 131.74 to 99.7. 
you were the what third highest score of the week and a real definitive win. So take us through your uh, your process besides the obvious one that I don't think any of us need to mention, which is your your prowess for destroying real life football players' lives. <laughs> I am. Uh, I know Andy is a fantasy reaper on on the show where where I met you guys. I don't know if everyone in our league listened or not, but uh, good lord, I really feel like the fantasy reaper in this league. It is. It, I don't think it has failed since I joined. Um, I'm already sitting with Michael Thomas. My franchise player has been out. Um, I feel like I've dropped a few guys that ended up losing their season so far this year. Now. Now Dak, who will remain in my IR and uh, at least be someone I throw in the keeper lottery next year, as long as he recovers. Uh, yeah, my win got very much soured by by Dak getting hurt. Um, and I feel bad for the guy in real life, too. Uh, well, you should feel been, bad. He's I on mean, my he dynasty team. Him, and just like I thought he would. I, I was really, I don't really take early quarterbacks very often, but I just I thought the value on Dak this year. I really thought he just had one of the best running backs in the league, one of the best receiving cores, and a, a pretty good offensive line. And he has running ability. I, I felt good for this. I mean, I was really glad with him uh, being on my team, and um, disappointed for myself and for him. I'm sure he's disappointed for me too. Um, so I'll I'll figure it out though. Well, um, as far I- as this week goes, getting the win. Dude, I, I feel good about that. Going in three and two, I should be um, four and one. I don't know what the hell happened two weeks ago or whatever. I, that ruined my week uh, where I was winning Tuesday night, and then I woke up Wednesday and it was a loft or something like that. It was that was weird, man. I I even found out from the podcast, from your podcast, you know, the podcast we're on right now. Um, that's how I found out I lost. I was at work. I had ran drove over to the bathroom and checked it and I was yeah that really ruined my day man yeah you and I both talked about that and we both were really surprised and I know no one else knew what we were going through uh, as far as learning that but it it was this weird stat correction thing that happened in 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 real time that day so it never got posted as a stat correction Uh, I've been seeing a little bit of that with sleeper throughout the weeks uh, just some weird wonky stuff but they end up getting yeah. it right, and unfortunately, it just made you feel real bad about your win. So, uh, I was going to blame you for me losing Dak Prescott in the Dynasty League as easily one of the two best teams in the league, if not the best team, not only for future Dynasty, but also uh, competing this year. So, that was a huge blow to me. But that being said, and I, I know you've heard it, I've lost so many people in, in the league that season, so I, I have only myself to blame. Um, I will say, uh, I'm going to send out some prayers for you, is hopefully you can recover from this and DJ Chark isn't out longer than just the one game he uh, missed most of this week. So Um, That was was another one, man. Two in one week, but you still managed to pull out the win. Uh, How do do you feel about your team going forward, though? Obviously losing Dak sucks, but you're going to get Michael Thomas back next week, assuming he doesn't punch anyone else in the face and um uh you can obviously get quarterbacks on the waiver wire in a one qb league so uh how do you how how do you feel going forward honestly i feel really optimistic going forward um some of these some of these shots 
No, I took feel good. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Even before, I mean, I'm, I don't like injury on anybody, but uh, with with Chubb out, Kareem Hunt doing. He did good, especially against a very solid defense. We talked about Indy earlier, but uh, that guy's been great. Um, How about Mike I mean, Davis? Davis? That was the big one. The riches in the backfield, and I, I've been thrilled with Kareem Hunt. Um, Mike Davis, yeah. thank you for your services. I'm sure. Uh, this will be all for now. So, are CMC you, owner. Are you sure? At me if you want. Go ahead. Are, are you sure on the Mike Davis one? I mean, like, this dude has already outperformed anything we could have ever imagined. It's, uh, I, I want to say it's like the, the Mike Tolbert when he was in, uh, it was in Mike Tolbert in Atlanta after he came over yeah. from. My, or am I, I remember th- him in the Chargers, and I, I don't remember where he went from there. Yeah, I think I just, he left the. Tra- the I think he left the Chargers, and he went to Atlanta. And in Atlanta, he was he was a beast for like low efficiency, large, terrible running back by all accounts for at least fantasy purposes. But he somehow still put it together and gave you great fantasy games. That's what Mike Davis is feeling like for me. I mean, he's he's old, he's big. For a five nine guy, he weighs two twenty, and he he somehow is just like killing it, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy with it. I appreciate it. I just I think when uh, I think when CMC comes back, I think he picks up right where he left off. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to drop Mike Davis because running backs go down all the time, and if CMC gets hurt again. Um, and Mike Davis will be right back in my lineup unless the CMC owner or anyone else wants to slide in the DMs. You know, we can, we can work something out. Um, <laughs> but even when he's gone, you know, I got Chris Carson that'll slide back up to that. In, in my running back slot, uh, Chris Carson, I've, I've been really happy with what he's done. Um, I made a really crappy move. That was a bad trade to get Brown. Um, that, so that sucks. <laughs> um, acquiring Brown hasn't worked out at all. Congrats to the guy that traded me for him. But I'll have Michael Thomas back in, superstar. Hopefully he can pick up uh, pick up the slack of Golden Tate and DJ Chart. Uh, I feel good about Jameson Crowder. He's had double-digit targets every week. He's been healthy. Um, he's really the only one there. And, yeah, so I feel good about Jameson Crowder. Um I don't know. I've got some. I got some waivers. Waivers going through. We'll see if I can get any help. Uh, I could use some running back help. So uh, just for a little debt. So I'll be. I'll be talking to some people. See if I can work something out. Um, but yeah, honestly, all together, I feel optimistic about my team. Um, it sucks about Dak. I feel a lot better if Dak was in. But uh, yeah, with two two decent running backs, two decent receivers. Um, then I got Kelsey as well, holding it down for me. Um, yeah, I feel good going forward. We'll see what I can do on the waiver wires. That'll make a big difference. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, um, I, I kind of feel the same way about your team a little bit. Um, I, I think that you, like me, have done a, a good amount with the lack of a player that is a difference maker with Michael Thomas. So, I... You did lose a huge difference maker in Dak, but you still have the best tight end in the game. So I I, I think you have enough difference makers. Um, and then, like you said, on Jamison Crowder, man, he is just shockingly surprising. 
he's missed two weeks. Like, he's only played three games. And going into this week, he was the number 22 receiver in our league, I think. 21 receiver. I think he might end up, after this performance, with only three weeks played, he still might be a top five, 15 receiver in the league. So, uh, he's he's definitely a huge gem. And then I do owe you a little bit of apology. I, I gave you some joking crap about hunt i i didn't really mean it a ton but i was i was just giving you some crap as far as getting him before chark um but he's he's turned out well even with chubb so you're right without chubb man it's it, it always sucks to wish that on people but he's he's definitely elite uh while he's there alone so um well good good win for you though man uh i know i know that that was a strong bounce back and uh, you're probably on the upward trajectory as long as you can get a running back. <laughs> and a quarterback. And a quarterback, yeah. Man, man. Uh, you better you better up that price on Big Ben then. Or Justin Herbert. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll, see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Well, Herbert's going into the bye week. I was looking at him, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm going to try to make some moves and salvage my team. This is... Having uh, major players go out for the season is nothing new to me in this league. So that's true, but I will um, say this is the yep, healthiest your team's. Close. This is the healthiest your team's been through week five. I think. Yeah, only only two superstars down. I'm, yeah, and and, uh, and one of them's coming back. So. <laughs> oh yeah, man! Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, well, um, I, that wraps up the week five for us. I appreciate you coming in. Um, We'll look forward to ha- I'll look forward to having you again uh, in the future, and then I like I said on an earlier podcast, uh, I'm looking forward to getting other people in both leagues involved, so we can have a, more of a fun interactive show. So, thank you for uh, being the the inaugural guy on here. Hey, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you having me. Uh, I just want to say to everyone, appreciate all y'all participating all year. It- we're in crazy times, so let's just uh, keep having fun while football's still around. And, um, hopefully next year is better. And, uh, and I appreciate y'all. Everybody be safe. Uh, Jay, thanks for having me on, man. Anytime. I really appreciate you doing the podcast as well. It's always entertaining to me. Um, yeah, thanks, everybody. Hope y'all got to know me a little bit, and I look forward to getting to know you. All right. So, uh, big thank you again to Gil for joining us for the very first uh live guest on the show uh like i said we're looking forward to having you guys on uh my intention is to at least get some of the people that uh i'm going to be facing in the upcoming week to uh do the preview show with me so hopefully we we get along and do that um but i think it went well uh considering how low budget we are uh, that was basically done off, or not basically, that was done off the speaker function on my iPhone. So hopefully it sounded good and y'all enjoyed it. Um, thanks for stopping by. Uh, great show. Look forward to hearing or get, hearing feedback from you guys. And then uh, we'll get a episode hopefully out for the week six preview. And as always, remember, Goonies never say die.